Well, would you turn with me this evening to the book of Psalms and Psalm 100? The book of Psalms and Psalm 100. And we'll read the whole psalm together. Psalm 100 from the beginning. A psalm for giving thanks. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. As you can see, Psalm 100 has been titled, A Psalm for Giving Thanks. A Psalm for Giving Thanks. And it's an appropriate title because as we gather together as congregations from the same community... We have good reason to thank the Lord for his goodness to us. Because as we've mentioned over the past few weeks, we've enjoyed unity and we've enjoyed fellowship with one another. Something I believe that everyone hopes and prays will continue in the months and years ahead. But we're also to give thanks to the Lord for, as we mentioned, the faith mission who came among us. Because it was actually the faith mission who encouraged us uh, to come together as congregations and it was the faith mission who prayerfully worked in our community and it was the faith mission who powerfully preached the gospel to our community and for that we ought to give thanks to the Lord but more than that well we're seeing the fruit of their labor we've witnessed people in our community whom we've prayed for for many years and yet we've witnessed them come to faith in Jesus Christ Friends, we have good reason to give thanks to the Lord. We have good reason to give thanks because the Lord has brought us together and we've been stirred up as a people. We have good reason to give thanks to the Lord. And I believe that Psalm 100 is a fitting psalm to remind us that we should ascribe all our thanksgiving to the Lord. But you know, as we move on from the faith mission with us, we must not forget that the mission the mission still continues. The work must go on. The seed must be sown. And it must be sown faithfully, fervently, and fearlessly. Which, you know, is another reason why we're looking at Psalm 100 this evening. Because Psalm 100, it's not only a psalm for giving thanks. Psalm 100 is one of the great missionary psalms. In which the psalmist, he has this missionary vision. A missionary vision that all people that on earth do dwell would sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. And in this psalm, the psalmist is calling us to adopt this missionary vision in our lives, where we live our lives with an eternal perspective. Because you know the truth is, my friend, that when we look at life, and when we live our lives with an eternal perspective, it will fan into flame a passion for the Lord and a passion for the lost. And that's what the psalmist wants us to have. He wants us to have a passion for the Lord and a passion for the lost. He wants us to have a missionary vision for our own community. 
And the psalmist, he's actually encouraging us to possess this missionary vision by focusing our attention upon three things in this psalm. He wants us to focus upon the covenant, the call, and the commission. The covenant, the call, and the commission. Now, first of all, the covenant. And what's interesting is that the covenant, we find it at the end of the psalm, in verse 5. He says in verse 5, For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now, in order for us to have this missionary vision, the psalmist, he wants us to see that the basis for our missionary vision, the foundation of our missionary vision, is the Lord's covenant. And that's what the psalmist says in the last verse of this short missionary psalm. He says the basis for the call and the basis for the commission to be missionaries in our own community, the basis of it all is the Lord's covenant. Because what we have in verses 1 and 2, we see that the psalmist, he'll speak about the call to to possess this missionary vision. Then in verses 3 and 4, he'll speak about the great commission to make known to our community and indeed the world that God is our creator and he is our savior. But the basis of having this missionary vision is the Lord's covenant. That's why the psalmist uses the word for in verse 5. He says, for the Lord is good. And his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. And so my friend the reason there's a call. And the reason there's a commission for us. And for the church. Is because of the Lord's covenant. Now we know that verse 5 is a covenant promise. Because we see that the title Lord. In capital letters is used there. In fact the word Lord. Or the title Lord. It's used throughout the whole psalm. And this title it emphasizes that the God we worship he's not only God our creator but he is also the Lord our savior and he's the Lord our savior because of his covenant promise towards us he's the covenant making and covenant keeping God now when we speak about a covenant when we speak about covenant theology we mean that God in his love and out of his own good pleasure He chose to make this legally binding contract. But you know the wonder of God's covenant. Was that it's a covenant of grace. Meaning that the covenant it wasn't based upon our obedience to the covenant. It was all based upon the Lord's obedience to the covenant. In which the Lord sought to redeem lost sinners to himself. Regardless of how wayward they could be. And you know we were actually reading about that covenant promise in Genesis 12. When the Lord called Abraham. The Lord called Abraham and he brought him out of the idolatrous land of Ur of the Chaldeans. And the Lord brought Abraham, you could say, he brought him from his lost estate into this estate of covenant blessing. In which the Lord promised to Abraham that through his seed all the nations, all the families of the earth would be blessed. The Lord promised Abraham, the Lord covenanted with Abraham. And said to him, I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you. And make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And you know, it's those words of covenant promise. They are the basis of possessing a missionary vision. 
Everything rests upon that covenant promise that through the seed of Abraham, all the families, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And you know, what's so beautiful about this covenant that we see here in verse 5 is that it's signed and sealed with this covenant title, the Lord. And that covenant title, whenever we see it in the Bible, those capital letters of the, the title Lord, it means the one who keeps covenant. So every time you read those words, those capital letters, you think he is the one who keeps covenant. He is the Lord, the one who keeps covenant. Therefore, upholding this covenant promise of blessing, it doesn't depend upon the love and faithfulness of, of Abraham it doesn't depend upon the love and faithfulness of any of Abraham's descendants. It doesn't depend upon our love and our faithfulness towards the Lord. Upholding this covenant of grace depends entirely upon the love, the steadfast love and the faithfulness of the Lord, the one who keeps covenant. And you know, when you look at verse 5, we're told that the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness continues through all generations. Those words, good, steadfast love and faithfulness, they're all covenantal words. They're all words which express the Lord's character. They emphasize to us the Lord's commitment towards his covenant and his covenant people. Because when the psalmist says, when the psalmist says in verse 5, the Lord is good, he means that the Lord does the unexpected. The Lord does what we often think is impossible. The Lord does, as Paul says, he does in us and for us exceedingly abundantly above all, more than we could ask or even think. The Lord is good because he deals with us not as we deserve, not according to our sin, but according to his covenant of grace. And, you know, he remains committed to us and he remains committed to his covenant all because of his steadfast love and his faithfulness. And, you know, this is the beauty of God's covenant love towards us. And this is something we always need to remember. There is nothing we can do to make the Lord love us any more than he already does. And there is nothing we can do to make him love us any less. That's the wonder of God's covenant. His covenant faithfulness Towards us, that his love, his steadfast love, as we're told in verse 5, it endures forever. And his faithfulness, it continues throughout all generations. You know, my friend, this is something we need to lay hold of for our missionary vision. Our missionary vision, it rests upon the covenant. But in order to have a passion for the Lord and a passion for the lost, we need to respond to the call. Which is what we see secondly. So the covenant and then the call. The call, we read it in verses 1 and 2. Where the psalmist says, he says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. And so what we see there is that having laid the foundation for possessing a missionary vision, we now turn to the opening words of this well-known and much-loved psalm. And what we ought to see is that we're being encouraged to respond to the covenant and take up this missionary call to serve the Lord. But this call, it's not just for a minister to do all the work. The call is for all of the Lord's people in every community 
to work together for the extension of Christ's kingdom. And the call, what the, the psalmist is giving to us, he's, he's giving to us the call to catch the vision. He's giving to us the call to catch the vision. The vision that all people that on earth do dwell would sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. And you know, there's an emphasis actually here in verse 1. There's an emphasis upon the word earth. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. There's an emphasis on the word earth because it relates to the whole creation. And how God created man from the dust of the earth. And what the psalmist is actually stressing to us is that our covenantal call to catch this missionary vision is so that all people that on earth do dwell, that they will fulfill their chief end to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And so the covenantal call upon our lives is that we will adopt this missionary vision, the missionary vision that longs to see every tribe, tongue, nation and language sing to the Lord with a cheerful voice. My friend, our missionary vision, which incorporates a passion for the Lord and a passion for the lost, our missionary vision is to be for whosoever. It's to be for the whosoever. But you know, that word whosoever, it crosses every barrier, every boundary, every social division. It reaches up to every prince and even down to every pauper. Whosoever. And you know, there was no one who used that word more than the covenant king, Jesus Christ. You, you read the gospels and all you hear is Jesus saying, whosoever will, let him come unto me. Whosoever would save his life shall lose it. But whosoever loses his life for my sake, the same shall find it. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Whosoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Whosoever. And my friend, if the offer of salvation includes everyone and excludes no one, then the covenantal call that's upon our lives as the Lord's people and the missionary vision which we need to adopt in our lives and in our community is to include everyone. And it's to exclude no one. There's no one in this community who is a lost cause or is an outcast, or too far gone. This is the wonder of it. Because the Bible reminds us so clearly and so beautifully that this Jesus saves to the uttermost. This Jesus saves to the uttermost. But notice what the psalmist says in verse 2. He says, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Or serve the Lord with gladness. The psalmist, he calls the church to serve the Lord with gladness. And this word serve or worship as it's used in this Bible, the word serve, it was first used when Adam was called to work the ground in the Garden of Eden. Adam was to serve the Lord by sowing and cultivating the ground from which he had been made from. But you'll also remember that when Adam fell, when Adam fell into that state of sin and misery by sinning against the Lord, you'll remember how the Lord cursed the ground and he cursed the earth and it brought forth thorns and thistles. And the Lord said to Adam, 
The Lord said to him, by the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, and for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And by the same token, do you know, I believe that the psalmist is calling the church. He's calling the church to serve the Lord. Because like Adam, we're to serve the Lord by working in all the earth. We're to serve the Lord by working amongst those who are from the earth. We're to serve the Lord by working in the lives of those who are, as Paul describes, off the earth, earthy. We're to serve the Lord by sowing seed and cultivating the ground amongst a humanity that has been cursed. And as we know only too well, and even as we've heard in prayer this evening, there are many people who have thorns and thistles that have arisen in their lives. It doesn't matter who we are or what position we hold. We're all broken people living broken lives in a broken world. And we don't need to go far to see the effects of this curse upon the people in our community. But you know, the command and the calling of the church is to serve the Lord. Serve the Lord by sowing the seed and cultivating the ground. And you know, we've been called as the Lord's people. But our responsibility is to call others. And to invite them to come, as the psalmist says, to come before the Lord with joyful songs. We've been called, but we're to call others. Call others to make, to come and make a joyful noise to the Lord. But you know, like it was for Adam, he had sweat upon his face. And it wasn't easy to work the earth. And it's not easy for us to serve the Lord in a world that has been cursed. It's not easy to deal with the thorns and thistles of the opposition from, of the gospel. It's not easy to sow the good seed of God's word in, into people's lives. It's not easy to get alongside people and get to know people and even meet them where they're at. It's not easy to speak about the gospel and bring the gospel into conversations with people who have no care or concern about their soul. It's not easy. But the Bible always reminds us that it's necessary. It's not easy, but it's necessary. And there's no doubt that spreading the gospel in our community, it's hard work. It takes time. It takes commitment. It takes patience. And that's a hard one, especially for me. It takes patience. But if the covenantal call of the church is to serve the Lord, then, you know, we have to get out of our comfort zone. We have to put our hand to the plough and not turn back. Because, you know, there's no quick fixes in this. There's no easy routes. There's no shortcuts. Like Adam, it will only be by the sweat of our brow that we will bring forth fruit from a ground that has been cursed. My friend, as the church of Jesus Christ, we've been called to serve the Lord in our community. And we need to be proactive instead of reactive. We need to be forward-looking instead of living in the past. We need to be striving instead of settling down. We have to be reaching out instead of just relaxing. We have to let our light so shine before others that they see the glory of our Father. We have to let the light shine instead of hide, hiding it under a bushel. And you know, that's why Jesus gave the church the Great Commission in Matthew 28. The Jews had forgotten their commission to be a light to the Gentiles. 
But in the Great Commission, Jesus reminds his church of this covenantal call. And that our missionary vision is to go and make disciples of all nations. Go and serve the Lord with gladness. Go and make known to all the earth that the Lord is mighty to save. And you know, this is what I want us to consider lastly. And briefly, the psalmist here, he, it's a wonderful psalm. He's reminding us that we need to lay hold of our missionary vision by resting in the covenant. And in order to have a passion for the Lord and a passion for the lost, we need to respond to the call to serve the Lord by working in all the earth. But lastly, the psalmist, he reminds us of our commission to make known to all the earth who the Lord really is. So the covenant, the call, and the commission. The commission. See in verse 3. He says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. And we are his. We are his people. The sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. And praise his name. For the Lord is good. And his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues. Through all generations. Now throughout this short missionary psalm. The psalmist he has stressed to us that we need, we need to catch the vision. Catch this missionary vision. We need to look at life and live life with an eternal perspective. Where we have a passion for the Lord and a passion for the lost. And that's why the psalmist says at the beginning of verse 3. He says, make known that the Lord, he is God. Make known that the Lord, he is God. And what the psalmist is saying there is that. The commission of the church is to make known to all humanity that the one who desires to save us is the one who made us. The one who desires to save us is the one who made us. My friend, this is the glory of the gospel. That the God who made us, as we will sing shortly, the God who made us without our aid, is the God who made us from the dust of the ground and formed us and fashioned us like a potter molding some clay. Uh, but we are those, as we know only too well, we are a fallen creature. We have fallen into any state of sin and misery. We're cursed. We've been conceived in guiltiness and sin. We're dead in trespasses and sins. We were lost, hell-deserving sinners. But the wonder of the gospel is that this God who made us without our aid. He is rich in mercy. And for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead. In trespasses and sins. He demonstrated his love towards us. That while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. My friend the glory of our gospel. Is that this God who made us. And the God whom we have rejected. And sinned against and even rebelled. And this God who would have every right to cast us into hell for all of eternity. And yet the psalmist is saying to us tonight. That Lord. He is God. The Lord. He is God. The covenant king. Is the creator king. And he has provided for sinners the way of salvation. He has given to a perishing humanity. The promise of eternal life. To whosoever believes. Whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And you know the commission of the church is to make known. The commission of the church is to make known to our lost community. That our creator 
wants to be our saviour. Our creator wants to be our saviour. Is that not what Peter says in the New Testament? That the Lord is not willing that any should perish. But that all would come to repentance. That's the missionary vision. And that's the vision we need. We need a missionary vision. We need to live life with an eternal perspective. Not caught up with the here and now. But live life with an eternal perspective. Where we fan into flame our passion for the Lord. And our passion for the lost. Because in the day and generation that we're living in. The reality is. People don't just come to church. That's why our commission is a call to go. To go and call people. To come and enter his gates with praise. And his courts with thanksgiving. We need to call people. Says the psalmist. We need to call people to come. To come to church. And to come to Christ. And to come all the way to this Jesus. And commit their lives to him. We need to call people to come. And be under the word. Because as Paul reminds us. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. My friend we need to compel our community. To come in. That the master's house. May be filled. Because we've been reminded this evening. From Psalm 100 that we need to adopt this missionary vision in our lives. This missionary vision is based upon the covenant promise of blessing. And because of the covenant we've received the call. And with this covenantal call comes the commission. To make known to all the world. To make known to those in our home. Those in our family. Those whom we love and those whom we pray for. Or to make known to them. That this God who is our creator. He wants to be their saviour. So Psalm 100. It's a psalm for giving thanks. But it's also a missionary psalm. And in it we have the covenant, the call and the commission. So that all people that on earth do dwell. Would sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. Well, may the Lord bless these few thoughts to us. Uh, let us pray. O Lord, our gracious God, we give thanks to thee for the wonder of thy word, that thou art a covenant-making and a covenant-keeping God, and that thou hast revealed thyself to us in thy word. And Lord, we pray that we would lean upon thy covenant, that we would rest in it, Realizing that there is nothing we can do to make thee love us more than, than, is, than has already been shown to us. And there is nothing we can do to make thee love us any less. Help us, Lord, to trust thee. To trust in thy covenant promises. To stand upon the promises. To plead the promises. To know, Lord, that they are great and precious. And, Lord, we pray that thou wouldst enable us to respond to the call. And to take up this great commission to go into our community and tell it to the generation following that this God is our God and that he will be our guide even unto death. Lord, bless us, we pray. Bless thy servant, Dougie, as he's, he's away, Lord, that thou wouldst bless him and Joan and Jack. Grant them travelling mercies as they go to Canada. Keep them, Lord, and refresh them. And bless us, Lord, as congregations, that we would continue to sow in tears, that we would reap in joy, that the blessing would be ours, but the glory would be thine. 
and that in all things that Christ would have the preeminence. Lord, bless us together then, we pray. Watch over us, we ask, and help us to do everything for the furtherance of thy kingdom and the glory of thy name. Keep us, we pray, for we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Well, we're going to bring our time uh, together to a conclusion by singing the words of that psalm, <coughs> Psalm 100. Psalm 100. And we're going to sing the whole psalm. All people that on earth do dwell, sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. Him serve with mirth, his praise forth tell. Come ye before him and rejoice. We'll stand to sing if you're able the whole psalm to God's praise.
grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore. Amen. <coughs>